In the bonus room, I asked Justin what sort of advice he might have for somebody who would like to begin playing the Baroque trumpet. We talk about social media and how it can be used to develop a career, and at the end of our conversation, I ask about future projects. If you enjoyed this conversation, please feel free to leave a review. One thing I've, that I haven't mentioned also thus far is, is for people listening to the, this interview, they should go on your website, which will be, uh, there'll be a link to it, and listen to your performances, the audio that you have. And, and one thing that you have towards the bottom of these is you have several excerpts from uh, Beethoven symphonies. The I think it's the second horn part, is it from the from the Beethoven um, third? Yeah, the trio. Yeah, and then um, the Beethoven's fifth. And uh, describe the instrument that you're using for that. So I'm actually using a classical invention trumpet uh, for that, um, which is basically so it's a completely natural trumpet with no holes, and the crooks are designed so that um, you're more easily able to kind of switch um, back and forth. Uh, between different keys, at least more quickly than you would on a Baroque trumpet, because you know, like a classical piece, you might have a movement that's in one key and then you switch through in the next key and you do that relatively quickly. So that instrument is kind of designed for that, but it's basically a natural instrument that's kind of wound a little bit more. And it's also a little bit shorter. So since I don't have any of the holes to kind of correct the pitches, I can actually, uh, it's short enough where I can stick my hand in the bell, for example, for correcting the, the written Fs. But I, you know, you said earlier on that when you were um, started to when you started to work with Chris Gecker, one of the things you worked on was your low register because you felt you were weak with your low register. But boy, if you listen to that Beethoven's Third, your low register is great. Yeah, that that trumpet actually helps a, a lot. Also, so I have uh, my broke mouthpiece, which is it's quite good for playing high, but also I mean you can play all around on it. Uh, the the mouthpiece that I use for the classical trumpet i can actually use it on my broke trumpet and i actually do use it like if i'm using that broke trumpet for more classical repertoire i'll use that piece but it's a little bit deeper so it allows me to, to kind of play i mean it's still work um, but definitely makes it slightly easier to kind of play those those notes and also on the the natural trumpet it's slightly easier to play those pedal notes than it is well it's, it's i think it's quite a bit easier to play those pedal notes than it is on the modern trumpet by the way speaking of register you have a really great, great high register. Do you think being a counter tenor that somehow that has helped your high register physically? That somehow the to be able to sing as a counter tenor that somehow helps your upper register on the trumpet? I'm not necessarily sure um, if there's that parallel. I mean, like I think about like in both of those instruments, trying to think about relaxation up high to try to achieve, I think that idea of like relaxation kind of is applicable to both instruments where you're trying to make sure that you stay really open and free so that the upper register, you try to make sure that it doesn't sound constricted and that you are able to kind of play um, or sing up there comfortably. And so I think that is more of a, the concept I think helps. I don't think there's actually anything physical that I, being a countertenor though, helps with my upper register. Do you have, speaking of instruments, one instrument we haven't discussed because I don't think you play it. Have you ever um, thought that you would be interested in uh, playing the cornetto? I've tried playing cornetto. I was not <laughs> very good. I mean, it's just the, the, the embouchure is just, it's so small that I think, you know, with anything you need to practice, but it's so, I found it a little bit difficult playing trumpet and playing cornetto. I mean, I know a lot of 
well, some people do it. Um, I found it a little bit difficult for me uh, to go back and forth. Um, but I have definitely attempted to play it. And I mean, it's been heard in public. It hasn't been necessarily the best, but I have definitely tried it. Well, I think people are just suited for certain instruments. I mean, for me, when I played Baroque trumpet way back when, I mean, it was the D, you know, the the fourth line of the staff was like about 50-50 for me. I mean, that was such a bad note. So I was just, I, I don't know if it was a temperament or just physically just not suited to the instrument. So I, I know what you're talking about. Well, if somebody wanted to be a Baroque trumpet player or wants to be a Baroque trumpet player, how would you advise them to begin? Um, I think... Uh, you know, for me, like I had, I was fortunate to get a chance to to use an instrument before I bought one. But I mean, if you can borrow one, I know a lot of times, so like trying to get an instrument, I think is one of the biggest hurdles. I mean, some schools are actually working on getting a set of instruments so that their students can play. I mean, I guess that's the first hurdle. But once you actually have access to an instrument, really trying to I learn a lot from listening to like really good players in terms of like style and approach to playing because of course it's going to be slightly different than playing that same instrument on a modern instrument, the way that you articulate, the way that you phrase. So kind of getting that sound in your ear and then also kind of getting a few resources like, for example, I like the books by Edward Tarr because it has a lot of references to like different early trumpet methods and then it talks about some general things uh, with broke phrasing and such and then of course technical things with the instrument itself as well as as we've kind of discussed earlier like also investigating treatises about other instruments so they can kind of get an idea of like the general style because it's more important than just looking at specific trumpet technique a lot of these things are transferable when you're kind of dealing with other instruments. But I think listening and reading about like the style and everything is really important when it comes to really kind of understanding the instrument. And speaking of that sort of basic idea, you've been publishing your own editions now, or you started to do that. Yeah, I've started, I started doing more of that. I, I mean, especially during these times, I, I've been kind of making like my own uh, performance editions for certain things. Um, over years, but now I'm starting to actually publish a few things, which I think is, is good because sometimes, you know, sometimes there's an edition of something that I don't like, or sometimes I can't, or maybe there is an edition that's hard to get a hold of, or maybe there's just not an edition. So like I can look at the, the sources myself and make my own. Yeah, and you've been doing that for just a couple of years? My doctoral project actually was an edition. I did a critical edition of some pieces. So then I started to really get into the process of actually doing like critical editions and like really looking at it at that point. And so now I kind of, especially during this pandemic, I've been using my time to kind of work a lot more on doing that while I have all this time like in the apartment. So in terms of, of your career, um, I've really enjoyed some of the things that you posted on Facebook, some of the very short segments of playing. How important has Facebook or social media been in helping your career path? I think it's actually been quite quite helpful. I mean, because we already work in a line of business that's like word of mouth and networking. So having this social media um, allows you to kind of get yourself out there in a way that's very difficult from even just having a website. People have to kind of search. And so it's like really hard to just be found. But having uh, social media, I think has helped me a lot with people just getting to learn that I exist. So, so that, <laughs> uh-huh. 
I mean, it's been quite helpful, I think, for me. I think I posted my first video on, on Facebook because I, I think I opened it in like in 2007, 2008, something like that. I posted like my first like like real performance video like right before I moved here was I was preparing a concerto uh, to play actually the first the very first one um, that I was doing with a broke orchestra um, and it was like bef right before I moved here and I was actually recording myself not with the intention of posting but kind of as a way that I can look and like see what I was doing and hear what I was doing of course. I was like really pleased with it and I just decided to post it just randomly. And that actually led to me getting a lot of friend requests. And so, I mean, I have a lot of Facebook friends and I think it's because of like, like videos and things that I post. And so it's actually been quite helpful and actually uh, I've gotten definitely work from, from people just randomly on Facebook who, who come across something. Cause you know, like with the algorithms, they, they kind of find you based on. You know, mutual friends and all that stuff. So it's been actually quite, quite helpful. I don't know if you heard about this, and I don't know if I'm even explaining it correctly, but I think there was an article, maybe even in the New York Times, about maybe six to nine months ago, about a bassoon student, I believe, at Juilliard, who started posting like her practice sessions every day, or like, you know, maybe one or two excerpts with the idea that she would get feedback from people, you know, okay, your F is a little bit sharp or try to phrase this way or whatever. And it became really popular. Um, I forget the exact story though. Did you hear about that or, or uh, not, does that ring a bell? I mean, not that specifically, but now I see like a lot of people, like there's this thing like 100 days of practice where people will record themselves and like, you know, for these 100 days and like post a little something. You know, it also gets them to motivates them to practice because if you have to post something, then of course you have to practice. I definitely see these kind of things on social media, both on Facebook and Instagram. There's, are you familiar with Jim Wilt? What he's been posting? Uh, not so much. He's he plays with the LA Philharmonic, and when COVID started, he decided he was going to post an etude a day. Oh. And he's up to now 200, I'm, I don't know, I'm just guessing, maybe 280 or something like that. Every day he posts an etude and they sound great. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I don't know how you could prepare something day after day after day, new material. But he does and it's just great. You know, So I guess some people are really using that as a way to not only to stay in shape, but just to, to get better. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way, like even during this time, especially like I... I've been like recording, you know, like my practicing and posting like little clips of things that I'm doing. Sometimes I'm exploring new repertoire. Like I might not have as much time to do, or if I'm thinking about something long term, like some some of the repertoire I'm not necessarily even thinking about playing. But sometimes I have like a goal of doing something in the future, so I'm kind of like working with that and kind of doing things that are a little bit less comfortable for me. And in this period, I, I find it quite helpful. I feel like I'm actually making you know breakthroughs just with my posting and then. I can always go back to my videos because like I don't like to, I often will delete them like from my phone. But now that they're on my social media, I can go back and see, oh, this is what I sounded like then. I find it quite, quite helpful. Well, it would be interesting actually to like if you, for example, if you recorded the opening of the Haydn 10 years ago or five years ago and how you would play it now and have those right next to each other so you could see the you know how you've matured in 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 your interpretation or how you've changed in certain ways i i find that i i do have like a few things that like i've recorded and then like i make another video and i find it really interesting to go back 
and see, oh, that's what I was doing. So I'm not doing that anymore. I was doing exactly this like back then, <laughs> the same phrasing thing. Like sometimes it's just something natural that you have built in and you don't even think about it. It's really interesting to, to definitely compare those, those kind of things. Well, um, I have one question left for you, which is, <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to answer this or not. So we'll give it a shot. Where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. If you can even say. That might be one of the dumbest questions ever, but we'll roll with it. No, I mean, it's it's a difficult question. Like, I'm definitely, I mean, like, I, I, I found that, like, right now I'm in a period where I'm, like, actually starting to to be more recognized. You know, like, I moved to Europe a few years ago in 2016. Uh, of course, it was, like, 2020 where I was having all these, like, it was, like, the first year where I started to get, like, all these concerto things and a lot of stuff and of course a lot of stuff got canceled or postponed but like i feel like now that like i'm actually kind of establishing myself and people who are are recognizing who i am i would definitely want to to see myself having some recordings like some like solo things and exploring some more repertoire so like in a general sense um, doing more solo work and kind of looking more into some of this repertoire that's underperformed because i'm i've always been a big fan of doing things that people don't do so often, whether it was like on modern trumpet or historical instruments, doing just things that are a little bit less, that are a little bit non-standard. So I hope that I am doing a lot more of that 10 years from now. Well, here's here's a suggestion for a recording, if you want to do a recording, is uh, not just a Baroque trumpet recording, but on the same recording, you would have recorder, recorder and you'd sing countertenor and, and so forth. I think that would could be really fascinating. I definitely agree because I, I, I do concerts where I do all three uh, sometimes, especially when I get a chance to plan my concerts. Sometimes I'll schedule different things. And uh, actually not thinking about that, like I was just asked recently to play with this broke group in Denmark. It was supposed to be in the summer, but I think we're going to try to do it in October because of all the COVID stuff. But uh, they asked me, to, for example, to design a program where I was both a trumpeter and a countertenor. So I definitely kind of, I enjoy doing multiple things on concerts so definitely having something on a cd would be fun i think where i'm doing a lot of different things Mm -hmm. yeah well that would sure be great to hear let me know when it comes out i'll be the first to buy it i'll let you know i'm working (laughs) kind of on a well i have a a polish group that i'm hoping to have a recording with soon but i'll let you know how that's coming along we kind of talked about it before covid so is everything on hold now yeah please do well anything this has really been fun for me so um, i hope you don't mind my pushing on some things where I was really interested in trying to hear your thoughts on, on a variety of subjects. Oh, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy, I definitely enjoy talking about all this stuff. Any uh, last thing you'd like to add? Nothing in particular. I just want to thank you so much for the invitation for this. It's especially during this time, like getting a chance to kind of just uh, to talk about everything. It's just been a real pleasure. Great. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure for me too. So, Take care. We will be in touch. And thank you so much. Thank you.